And we're back. This is Devin Nunes bringing to you live on Rumble, also through True Social. Jim Kvizel. Jim, welcome. I think everybody knows you. Uh, you've been all over True Social today, but I have to tell you that this is a true honor for me. Normally, I'm interviewing you know, boring political people. I shouldn't say boring. They're my, a lot of them are my friends talking about investigations and all sorts of things. But uh, I have to say, I don't think I've ever had the honor to interview uh, a famous actor like yourself. So thanks for being here. It's great to be here, Devin. Thank you. So, Jim, I'd, I'd like to kind of get into just the back, your background at some point. Um, but I know you have a big a major film. Matter of fact, I just want to thank you for coming on here today, taking the time, because I know you've been all over the country. I think we we missed each other in Washington, D.C. last week. I was actually there. I was in Florida. I missed you in Florida. Um, and I think now you're in Nashville doing um, uh, doing some type of, of presentation tonight. Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you that this movie, Sound of Freedom, I think it's uh, getting a lot of traction. I'm starting to hear about it. Uh, all over the place. I even had a few family members that mentioned that they're going to to go to it because it opens on July July fourth, and I think the what what struck me I, I was able to to view the film early, and I mean it's pretty disturbing. Um, I mean you do a great job as always, and you're just so talented, but it's a very disturbing film. And what makes it most disturbing is is that it's it's based on a true story. Uh, and you play a actually someone who is is alive today and living and still involved in trying to protect children. A guy by the name of Tim Ballard is is who you are cast playing in the in the film. So I want to get to let's play the three minute trailer and then we'll come back and we'll get into your background. fastest-growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And, and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real-world lead over Tim. Close up and come back home. So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. South of that river is all rebel territory. No one goes in. What if this was your daughter? She's gone. Hear that? 
the sound of freedom. Sound of Freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start of the end of child trafficking. Theaters across this country are already selling out. Pre-order your tickets today and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. There it is, a very powerful message from Jim Caviezel. Opens on July 4th and uh, will be open, I think, hope, maybe for the whole month of July, theaters near you. They're trying to get in as many theaters as possible. Uh, you can go to the website, which we will put uh, on the screen here at some point uh, during the broadcast. And it's actually very simple, Jim. I was able to go onto there. Um, I, I saw that you posted it on True Social. I went onto there and then boom, it had my zip code and everything. Um, and they were able to, to show the theaters that are going to be nearby uh, where I am at now in, in California. I'm actually now in California, our home state. Um, you um, unfortunately never had to have a, had a congressman um, other than I think Adam Schiff. I think he might be your congressman in your area. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other story. We, we won't go there, uh, Jim. But um, look, we, we've spoke a few times and what struck me uh, about you is that you're not afraid. You're not afraid to do the right thing. You're not afraid to be yourself. Uh, and you've stood up to a woke Hollywood and you did films that people basically told you, if you do a film like the passion of the Christ, you're probably not going to get, um, other, um, uh, other roles. And in, in fact, I don't know, maybe that's happened. Maybe it, it, it hasn't, but I don't think you really care. Um, which I think is an inspiration to to many people that that follow you and have followed your career. Uh, but when we spoke, Jim, um, talked about your Catholic upbringing, and I mean, you are uh, uh, unapologetic uh, Catholic. I know you've traveled all over the world to uh, many famous places uh, in the in the Bible. You've studied it, um, but talk about your where did this Catholic upbringing was it from it from a child or did you have at some point um, uh, leave the church, come back to the church? What's the, what's the history uh, with you and your, in your Catholicism? Oh, I've always, I mean, I grew up with it. Uh, it's something that uh, is a source of inspiration. Um, and I think that a lot of, uh, at least a lot of the actors that I grew up or came around to know um never really had that foundation you know and uh it to me is like a nuclear reactor in my in my heart that really um drives me physically mentally when it really gets in a tough situation when faith really matters like in this film there was a word i just wanted to say one thing you mentioned you said two words one you said powerful that's correct disturbing it points to trafficking. It points to all of that. But in the face of evil, what does a man do? That's what makes this thing powerful, is that he knows that he may not make it. He may not live, but he's willing to give 
everything he's got, uh, his entire his life um, to save humanity, save our children, and that is a um, something that's truly in, inspiring. And and what I was hoping that Americans could look at it deeply and 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 understand that um, our republic is suffering. Our republic is at the verge of collapse. We don't have a south border. We don't have a country. We have 4th of July. We're acting like we have a, a, by definition, you have to have a border and we don't have a south border. And we have a lot of collaborators right now. And I'm asking Americans to wake up by noticing what is happening with our children, what they're doing to our children, um, how they're trying to groom them in many ways. This is a, it's like an eight arm octopus. Trafficking is one of the arms. You can cut the arm off, but that octopus will grow that arm back. We have to take out the head. And who is sponsoring that head? Where is that money coming from to pay for all of this? If we come together as Americans by uniting over our children, I tell you, nothing's going to stop us. We love our children. Most people do. And I, uh, this former Homeland Security guy, Tim Ballard, you know, he, he goes down and he, He's so frustrated because he can arrest these traffickers, but he doesn't get to save the kids until one day God says, here you go. Here's a boy. What are you going to do? And the boy asks him, will you save my sister? So he essentially does like the what Jesus talks about in the Bible is the kingdom of heaven is, heaven is like a pearl. You would sell everything for that one pearl. And so I go back to my life and growing up and, I was given a gift. I was, uh, oh, I don't know. I, I was, I, I impersonated my teammates and when I played basketball and college and, and uh, I had dreams and aspirations to play at a high level in basketball, but um, you know, there was something better for me and I had no idea that I could do it. And they gave me the Shakespearean monologue, I guess. And I, and I, I learned it and went and performed it and, someone like me at that young age to be able to be that far ahead. It was like a, a Mozart gift, you know, and, but I knew that it was a gift and I, that gift didn't come from me. It came from God. And I wanted to use it to, um, for a purpose like movies, like the passion and movies like sound of freedom. And Jim, Jim, how old were you when, uh, when you got kind of your first start and you knew that you could act, is this teenager? About 18. 18. Okay. So already, you know, just end of high school, right at the beginning yes. of college. Yes. So, so did people, did your parents and people like that say, I mean, I assuming when you were a kid, cause you know, the, you know, the, the, all the people that I know that are actors, comedians, things of that nature, I mean, they have a tremendous gift. So you must've known that been able to perform even at a, at a younger age, I'm guessing. Well, I, I, I was, uh, you know, you know, I had an experience. I was in a movie theater and a presence from heaven came over me, believe it or not. And um, and he asked me to become an actor. I, I'd like to be I'd like you to become an actor, in fact. And it left an indelible mark on my heart. And uh, I didn't know I was able to do what I could do. I didn't know the range that I had. Um, and. Um, you know, more than just an actor. I, I look at the scripts. I go through the screenplays. I can 
really detect where I think we can go as a film to make it uh, special um, at a high level. Um, and when you get to work with great filmmakers, they'll listen to you and and uh, it's kind of like a, a really good quarterback that can call audibles. And uh, some coaches allow the, those quarterbacks to make those reads and um, to call those plays. And I'm able to do that. So you get a little bit more freedom. And with that freedom comes much more responsibility. But it always comes back to um, what is there anything redeemable in this story? Now, it doesn't mean the character that I'm going to play is redeemable. It does not mean that I'm not going to be the devil in some of these movies, but the film is, and that there's truth in it. And um, this is what's missing in my industry, quite frankly. Um, and they're getting further and further away from it. Not well, no, no offense to your, no offense to your industry, but it, it pretty much sucks right now. And it's, yes. And uh, you know, that's a technical term, but, um, I mean, you saw Disney. I mean, you take Disney. It's. I mean, Disney's doing like its best uh, interpretation of of re or recreation of the Bud Light uh, marketing. I mean, here yes. you have all of these great assets that are owned by Disney, whether it's the historical Disney films or the, the Marvel or um, including you know the X Men franchise and all of that. And they've managed. Yeah. I don't know. You know, of course, I, I saw this uh, just on True Social, but. They've lost like a billion dollars this year in films because their their films are so bad that nobody wants to go watch them. Yes, uh, you're they're violating our culture. I don't want my kids seeing that. I don't want them to be groomed, and they're grooming our kids. Right. And, no, they're not um, afraid, Jim. They're not afraid to groom the kids. I mean, they they publicly right say it now. I mean, right what on. once was I mean I mean look, you're a, a you know, very devout, you know, Catholic and, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, you respect people and, um, and, and I think all of us do. And I think many mm -hmm. people are, you know, have been, look, you know, with all the, the LGBT stuff, I mean, I think everybody's like, look, it's, it's you, it's you in your bedroom, you do what you want, you love who you want, you're, or, you know, right. all God's children. But now you yeah. see this craziness of people exposing themselves in these big yeah. cities and they're well, doing Dodgers. it for the children. Yeah, look at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, they're they're the uh, sisters of perpetual indulgence. Really, the sisters. Well, what monastery they're from? Are they really nuns? Why won't the reporters ask them these questions? And uh, perpetual indulgence means grace. What kind of grace are you giving to Christians when you insult their God, when you take a crucifix with Jesus on it? And you use it as a strip pole. Now, would you do that with a rabbi as a stripper and going down a menorah? No, I don't think you would. But but it's open season on Christians, and that's it. There's no. I'm, I don't care. I, I my career doesn't mean anything to me at that point. And like David, when he sees the Philistine talking smack about his God, he 16 years old, he can't. He can't take the fact that this Philistine would talk about this beautiful God who loved him. Remember, David's own son was not loved by his own father. Didn't think he was just some shepherd out back. But this God loved him like he loves me. And he went down there and he's like, even if that stone doesn't hit him, I want everyone to know how much I love my God. I love I love my father, son, Holy Spirit. I love them. I one one God. Father Almighty, I love him. 
And, and so you, I think so the my Dodgers, life, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, when, you, when the Dodgers go out and do this, that baseball hat is gone. That's garbage. I burn that. I can't do that. There's no way. And, 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 you know, the Dodgers lost that day, 15 to nothing. And then the manager comes out and supports this LGBTQ stuff. See, now you can't say to me, because one guy said, well, go ahead and talk about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, but you can't talk about the, uh, the LGBTQ. I said, why not? What does the T stand for? Let's see, LBT. That T is trans, right? Are these trans? Aren't they wearing the rainbow flag? That would be like saying you can go after the brown shirts, but not the uh, red flag around their armband with the black spider on it. And so it, it's the same kind of fruits. And they're forcing us to have to, to, to change our Christian culture to fit theirs. And at what point then, when you look at First Romans, men with men, men with wild beasts and things, and God handed them over to a depraved mind. That, that, if you want an LGBTQ safe Bible, that book has to be removed. So First Romans is gone. So now, wait a minute. Paul is a bad dude. So we got to get rid of all these books. Okay. And I'm asking Americans, are you okay with that? Yeah. This is not something, this is inconceivable. So forget about, you know, when people say, oh, your, your career. I don't care about my career. I, uh, they can have that. My life I give. I'm not, I do not. I would be such a, a horrible father if I did not defend my Lord and Savior. So many Christians were so offended, and they don't care if they offend them. Mm -hmm. What good man is going to allow his father in heaven to be? He's the head of my home. Why would I ever let him be slapped around? I would defend him in a heartbeat, and so would millions of others, because they were all insulted by this. And it's set. So if that's what they're into, then boycott them. Don't put your money into any of this garbage. You know, Jim, we I think that's I think that's actually happening because I have, you know, where I'm at in central California, a lot of people are fans of the Dodgers. And, you know, I have so many friends, cousins and other relatives that uh, you know are refusing. They're not they usually go to two or three games a year. They're not going to go to the games this year. I'm guessing they're not even following him anymore. And yeah, I mean, Dodgers kind of kind of went the way of, of of Bud Light. It's like they just they just don't care. Also, also the Angels. Remember how this worked? Dodgers got the were bringing the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in, then then they were kicked out because of the backlash from Catholic Christians, and then the Angels said, "Well, come on down here, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. We'll we'll honor you. Honor you for what?" For insulting, I mean, there are 2.2 billion Christians around the world. How do you build a, a franchise on that? And I, I'm quite frankly, I cannot believe that MLB is allowing this to happen. And they are. Yeah. You know, well, it so used to be that we can say, no, I, I think they it, what they could do is allow the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and the LGBTQ to go to the games. And then all of the Americans, because we're not. We're not that big. Christians should stop going to the games. And then I think that MLB would be probably do a better business. I guess that, that that's a better business model. Um, but that this is the quickest way to shut this down 
is just don't give them your money anymore. But you can give it to Sound of Freedom. That's if right. you don't well, want to drink, if you don't want to drink Buddy Light anymore, if you don't want to go to Target anymore, ladies, put your money into this film. Let them know. I think people people are doing that, and you know, people used to go to you, you used to want to go to sports events to to get away from politics and everybody life, just to go to enjoy yourself, enjoy your team, and, and have that camaraderie of the team that you're rooting for. Um, you know, they've taken that away from most of the professional sports now because of the politicization and the kind of the, the leftist cult nature of of what they're promoting. Jim, I want to because um, I know we only have limited time with you. Um, but I, it, would you be willing to, to, to tell us about what you can about the passion of the Christ? Cause I know you have the resurrection that you're, I don't know if you're, it's in filming now. Um, but you know, you took a real risk with that, with that film. Um, can you talk about how you came upon the film and then how you immediately decided to do it? What was the thought process as you, as you agreed to do that film, knowing that, you would likely be canceled by, by Hollywood for, for doing I, that. I, I never let them dictate my faith at all. I believe that God was around for thousands of years. He'll be around for many more. I think people have to decide whether or not I got to play Jesus in that film. People need to decide what character they want to play in the Bible right now. I got to play Jesus in the Bible. Now, that that's, not, that's more than a history book. Do you want to play John? Is that your favorite saint? Is it Paul? Is it Mary? Is it, you know, who is that? Or, or is it Pontius Pilate? Is it a politician? Is it, is it the Pharisees? Or is it Judas? And we're playing this game out right now. This is a game of life. And come hell or high water, I was taught you do the right thing no matter what. And that, I don't need to stick my finger in my mouth. And Devin, that's why I'm doing the show, because I really respect you. You don't stick your finger in your mouth and see where the wind is blowing. you got to do what's right before God come hell or high water. And I looked at that movie, and boy, if we had done a, a gay Jesus, it would have won an Academy Award. If we had done uh, a transgender, it would have, they would have given me glowing reviews. I've never had a good review from a film until actually this movie, but... I did the Count of Monte Cristo, and I remember they said, Jim Caviezel, here's the best review I've ever had. Jim Caviezel uh, plays the Count of Monte Cristo. That was the best review I've ever had. But it's okay. <laughs> Look at the, your predecessors, the martyrs, the pe people, white martyrdom that they suffered. And the problem is, is that we've gotten so lazy as Christians, they're willing to take everything from us because they, they don't respect you. They don't respect you. And it, more than being wealthy or any of that stuff, respect is integrity is important to have. And we as Christians are a bunch of wusses right now. I mean, honestly, this uh, idea of, you know, God, you know, coming to the table of plenty and and uh, the gospel of prosperity. Oh, that's great and all. But are you willing to give it back if Concord Bridge was right there? I mean, do you think that those guys, that shot that rang around the world, do you think that those guys weren't thinking about, you know, maybe uh, having a nice summer vacation or, you know, ha having a lot of money? No, they had to think that if they lose at this moment, 
Britain's going to grab all of our gunpowder and the war is over. And that's mm -hmm. why they stood at Concord Bridge and died. Um, and so I was put in this situation and then the passion of the Christ. And I think that what really turned that film around was when I said to Jesus, I don't want them to see me. I only want them to see you. And what would be the purpose of people going, oh, there's Jim playing Jesus. Wouldn't it be better if Jesus was playing me? And I tell people that I think that if, if I could tell you anything, one piece of advice, let God play you in this. Let Jesus, God, the God. I know athletes say God all the time now, but when I'm talking about God, I'm talking about the Jesus God because there's only one God. And, um, and be bold. I want you to go out into this pagan world and shamelessly express your faith in public. And that's, that's what I'm still around. I may not have the most money and power, but I have something better than that. I have a future with my father in heaven. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Jim, the around here on uh, true social, on my podcast, we long ago, uh, I long ago stopped talking to the fake news because 95% of them are, you know, totally and completely fake. So when you tell me that you haven't had any, uh, you know, uh, nobody said anything nice about your acting, uh, we just wear that as a badge of courage because the people that are listening to this and half of America see that as, um, as somebody that's, you know, that's, that means you're doing a really good job. So, so, so well that they just ignore you. Cause I mean, to ignore the Passion of the Christ, one of the most successful films of all time, um, is is rather uh, shocking. I mean, it just shows you the hypocrisy of the fake news and how fake they are. Uh, because I think that, I mean, isn't that one of the the most uh, successful films of all time? Is the last time I still checked. number one. Yeah, yeah, that's it, what I uh, thought. At seven dollars a ticket, and yeah. that, that was done. That was done in came out in 2004 but uh so now what are tickets now 15 20 dollars mm -hmm. yeah so um it's still number one at seven dollars a ticket and and uh, they don't count heads i don't know why they don't they should they should stay this is how many people saw the movie instead of how much it made because in real numbers now it'd be over two billion dollars well, look, we could uh, we could keep you for for as long as uh, you're willing to uh, be here, uh, but I know you've got a lot of other commitments. But uh, I do want to just kind of get your, you know, your, your kind of final thoughts on the film, especially your thoughts of because um, you you've gotten to know Mr. Ballard pretty well, uh, who you play yeah. in, the, in this film, Sound of Freedom. Um, what can you tell us about uh, Mr. Ballard's commitment to? Uh, and his passion to save save children. I assume you've learned a lot from from him and, and his family. Well, I think I always think about that line in the when Jesus says, "Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you," and think about the most innocent child, precious child, <coughs> excuse me, and that child has no one to protect it, and the parent's obligation is to protect mom and dad's mother is supposed to protect that child father's supposed to protect that child and you don't want to go to a film like this because you, 
it, it's just something you don't want to watch because it's too uncomfortable for polite conversation. This is ridiculous. The movie arms you. The movie teaches you how to protect your child, to be aware. And a parent should have a keen eye of what's going on right now, the evil around. And, and, and you're not willing to protect your child. Let me tell you, I think the saddest thing, and over 300,000 children a year are taken from their parents, over 300,000 in the United States. We're the biggest consumer of the sex trade biggest consumers of pornography, all of that in the United States. And we don't love enough, our children enough to protect them. It's just bizarre. It's bizarre. And Christians yeah. need to wake up. You know, people, I, 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 when I hear people, you know, they're so afraid of evil, but, but they don't fear God. They're more afraid of the devil than they are of God now. And this is, God could kick the devil's ass without a glance. And I, I don't think they even understand who God is, but that child has God in it. These children have an innocence in them. Tim Ballard has that innocence. And I, I, when I had my three adopted children, I, was, I became very well aware of the dangers that surround these children globally. And isn't it up to us as parents to have the courage, to have some kind of guts, to fight back this global war on them. Why we why, why in this time that we are cowards? For guys, World War II, yeah, those were heroes. But this generation, oh, isn't it awesome to be a coward? Not gonna go with you there. Not gonna not gonna be from the back that I'm gonna sit there and 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 tell you what to do. I'm gonna lead from the tip of the spear. I I'd give my own blood. Uh to save these children. And that's where I linked into Tim and his heart, his childlike heart. He just has the ability to understand what it would be if it was him. And, and he just puts himself into the fire. And God just uh, uh, shines this huge grace on him because of his amazing faith. Like, like young David when he took on Goliath, you know. We got to take on our Goliath Americans. We got to save our country. We got to come together. Let's start right now with our children and then just start taking this whole thing apart. It's got to come from the people. My brothers and sisters, can we love God's children more than we fear evil? Can we love Jesus more than we fear the cross? And I think you are a testament to that, Jim. Uh, you live it. You live it every day. Uh, you've sacrificed, you know, your your career. Um, but like I told you, I think you're doing very, very well. And um, I think you have a lot of fans out there because you're willing to take a stand. And this film uh, is going to be, uh, I think, well received. You're shining a light on uh, these children that are. Uh, I, I believe that the film is based out of the, the children are coming from Colombia, right? Yes. And they're being round up and then and then shipped around the globe. Um, I guess maybe maybe probably many were going to end up in the United States. Possibly is that is that what Mr. Ballard believed? Oh, anywhere it could be yeah. anywhere. It could be Russia. It could be the Philippines. They just get shipped out on these big freight, you know, freight carriers. They have dumps underground. I mean, it's just it's insane. And and this is just the beginning of the conversation because mm -hmm. there's millions and millions of more children this is actually much bigger but 
if they can just we can just start peeling back the onion, then we can and, start going deeper. And Jim, I I know that you've you've got some other interviews stacked up here, um, but I I would be remiss because one of the questions that I had for you that I I wanted to to get to is that. Um, you're friends with with Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is another guy who was not to, afraid to show his uh, commitment to his faith. Um, but he's also, I think I, I saw some, uh, you know, I don't know what's true or not true. That's why I want to get the get the story directly from you. But he's also trying to bring attention to this to this issue. And I saw the two of you were either interviewed together. You're going to do an interview, or there's going to be like like some type of documentary. And I think it, is it based on Mr. Ballard? Or, or is it just child trafficking in general? Okay, first, there's all right. I there's so much, so much, so much I can tell you. I'm not doing anything with uh, Tim and Mel together on that particular thing. Okay. That Mel, but Mel was very heavily involved in doing a lot. My my, I would never have my first son without Mel Gibson. He does incredible things that most people don't know, and I can't really go into all that because he, he doesn't want um, anybody to, he's just, a, he really, um, he's, he does incredible things for children worldwide. Uh, let me yeah. just tell you that. Uh, and I deeply respect him. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have my first son. Second thing, um, he helped Tim immensely, immensely. He helped me immensely uh, on this film. And, uh, you know, it would be like me going to uh, Bill Belichick and asking him, look, you know, coach, um, what do you how do you read this in this situation? But he's he's put a lot of money and his time into helping and doing a lot of things. And he's saved uh, thousands of kids. So pretty amazing guy. And we are going to do the resurrection and that it will be the biggest film in the history of the world. And I think it might be two movies. I don't wow. think it's going to be three, but it could be. But I, it could be one. So uh, depends how he wants to do it. Um, he took me through a lot of the scenes and uh, I was on the floor crying. And uh, so I know that, um, you know, I don't we don't make faith based films. I hate that term <laughs> because you know why? Because it feels so manipulative. I, I make a film that I want to I feel we can beat the best in the world. We're the best. When we made The Passion, we didn't say we're making a faith-based film. The reason why I don't like it is a lot of these guys, and they're, I mean, they're like carnival acts. They're like, here, how we just made you a faith-based film, people, and you got to buy it because we did this for you. If that crap is crap, don't buy it. <laughs> well, you're, it's not faith-based. I mean, you're, you're basically depicting uh, uh, one's vision, uh, either Mel Gibson or those that, that write the, the, the screenplay. Uh, their vision of uh, the Bible, and I'm assuming that's what the resurrection will be. It will be about. Oh, it it it'll be one of the best things you've ever seen. That's and when, what I, I can tell you. And when does that come out? I can't tell you. Okay. I, if I could tell you, you know, I, I have a great line. If I told you, I have to kill you. Uh -huh. No, someone else thought of that line. <laughs> Devin, I wouldn't kill you. I love you. <laughs> Good thing we're not together, or else you might. You know, <laughs> you can't you can't kill me over the internet. We can turn you off. <laughs> well, well, Jim, I just want to thank you uh, for bringing uh, just uh, really someone that that people look up to. Takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing, and and I just want to encourage uh, everyone to get out and watch the film. Uh, 
on, on July 4th or, or after. It's really easy to find websites there on the screen. And uh, Jim, thanks a lot for being here today. Thank you very much, Devin. And I look forward to seeing you in California. I promised you I'm going to give you some of my best wine. Oh, my best wine. I'll, I'll bring some good cheese up. We'll, 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 we'll drink and be merry. <laughs> Sounds good, Jim. This is you Devin be merry. Nunes. I'll be Jesus. <laughs> there we go. This is Devin Nunes with Jim Caviezel. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.